Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past i want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my now here's your host matt dennison it's indiana what i feel is the pinnacle the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball hello and welcome in wednesday edition of the show What a great Tuesday of basketball with the sectional action across the state. Uh, Some great games we had the opportunity to call at Seymour on Tuesday night. And, of course, Indiana actually gets a victory. I was shell-shocked to see the scores coming in there while I was at Scott Gymnasium in Seymour that, number one, the fire alarm had went off and the Assembly Hall facility had to be uh, evacuated. But Indiana found a way to Play pretty good. I got home and watched some of the highlights and scanned through the second half of the game. I didn't get to see everything in the first half, but Indiana played pretty good. Actually, really good considering how they have played in the last number of games. And they beat a good, solid Wisconsin team at home. And uh, that helps. It doesn't change NCAA tournament hopes for this team. They still have to pull off the impossible and win the Big Ten tournament in a few weeks up in Minneapolis, but a win was desperately needed for a lot of reasons because things were really, really getting off the rails for Mike Woodson and this group. But uh, winning helps a lot, at least temporarily. It definitely quells some concerns, not all. There are still some overriding major concerns with the IU program, but uh, definitely a major win last night for Indiana, and we'll break it down a little bit later in the show today. Uh, Great sectional games last night. Really surprised that, not that Jeff won, but that they really handled Seymour last night. New Albany, very fortunate to beat Bedford. It was a great game down the stretch. Some wonderful shooting to close things out for the Bulldogs. New Albany was great from the free throw line all night. And in a game that I felt like could go either way, New Albany, for the second time in less than seven days, beats Bedford by two points and moves on to the semifinal round. So at least at the 4A sectional, we've got all of our local teams left, and we'll have both of those broadcasts for you coming up on Friday evening right here on the Big X, starting at 6 o'clock with Jeffersonville taking on Floyd Central. That's a rivalry game in Seymour. And then New Albany will rematch with Jennings County, which I think should be a great game as well. We'll get into some of the other sectional results from last night coming up later in the hour, but definitely a busy time. It's got that March madness feel to it, trying to keep up with everything going on in college and high school basketball right now. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments, Jason Jones, the coach of New Albany, is going to join us to talk about his team's thrilling come-from-behind win in the fourth quarter last night. A great effort down the stretch by a number of Bulldogs, including some whose name I really hadn't called that much on the radio this season. We'll talk about that with Coach Jones in just a few moments. Also, later in the show, 
Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star will check in. We'll talk IU's victory last night with Dustin. We'll get into some other basketball stuff as well. And then Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, he will join us later in the hour for the latest on everything last night. We'll go through some of the other sectional locations. I thought Christian Academy got off to a really nice start last night out at Borden. Uh, Silver Creek, a, a simple win, an easy win last night to get things rolling in the 3A sectional at Scottsburg. Can Silver Creek get hot? Can they maybe find a way to knock off Scottsburg later in the week and upset the home team there uh, in Clash 3A, our most local sectional? We'll talk all that and more with Josh a little bit later today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check them out today for a great lunch. They've got wonderful sandwiches and salads, soups as well that are all made fresh daily, and they'll surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send in questions and comments, thoughts on the Indiana victory from last night. I'd love to know what you think about the Hoosiers uh, beating Wisconsin. Were you at a sectional last night? What did you think of the game? What did you think of the crowd? Are you excited about what's ahead the rest of the week here in Southern Indiana Hoops? Again, 502-414-1450 is the number. And if you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send us a text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450 is the number. With us now, Jason Jones in his first year as head coach. Coach, we got a chance to catch up last night before your game, but what was that game day feeling for the first time in Indiana High School basketball sectional week when you walked in Lloyd E. Scott Gymnasium to start your uh, postseason career as a head basketball coach at one of the state's great programs? Yeah, I mean, just a great venue, great atmosphere. You know, they do a phenomenal job of hosting. And, you know, we were fortunate to get out of there with a, with a close win. And, but, yeah, overall, just a, just a great atmosphere and environment last night. All right, well, Coach, let's talk about the victory last night. New Albany led 9-8 after the first period. And after that, Bedford seemed to take a little bit of control of the game. But some hot shooting down the stretch. I thought your team, as I mentioned in the open today, was good from the free throw line all night. Helped this New Albany team advance on to Friday's game. When I think of last night from start to finish, a number of different players stepping up scoring in double figures, hitting key shots, making free throws, another total team effort in many uh, w- aspects of that word for your team. Yeah, you know, I think that's been the strength of this group all year is you got multiple guys that can score the ball. And, you know, last night it was a few different guys. You know, Braden Brewer comes off the bench and hits four big threes and Braxton Mayfield hits a big one and you know, I think we're hard to prepare for in that regard because any given night, a different guy can get it going, and we had four and double figures last night. Jason Jones, New Albany coach with us, talking about his team's 63-61 victory over a solid Bedford North Lawrence team last night. Coach, you've been around a number of years, uh, the game of basketball, coaching teams, leading teams into the postseason. How hard is it to play somebody in one of your last regular season games? You get that victory and then turn around and play them again to start the postseason. Have you ever encountered that situation before? And is that a difficult situation for a team to be in? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a little different. Uh, in Kansas, it's even more difficult because you double round robin your league in the season, and then a lot of times you end up seeing one of them in the postseason again. And playing a team a third time, I think, is even harder than what we had to do last night. But that is the shortest turnaround I've ever had in terms of an opponent in regular season, postseason, which presented some challenges. And, you know, I knew both teams would be super prepared and ready to go. And it's, you know, <laughs> two games in a five- or six-day span that were eerily similar in terms of, you know, Bedford kind of having us uh, where they want us, uh, you know, up seven at our place with a minute 50 to go. I think it was a seven, eight, nine-point game fourth quarter last night, and, and we just found ways to grind it out and hit some big shots and, and luckily survived both of them. Uh, in the regular season game for Bedford, Patrick Matson exploded for uh, 39 points. Last night he had 16. I believe Noah Godlevsky, the guard for Bedford, was really good in the regular season game as well. Last night he had just three points. What was your defensive thoughts, your defensive scheme heading into that game to try to slow Matson down, who had played so well against your team just a few days earlier? Yeah, you know, both those guys have been really good all year and were really good at home uh, against us a week ago. And we, we started in a triangle in two. Felt like if we could limit their touches and their looks, that that, that would give us an advantage. You know, I, I told our coaches we'd try to steal maybe four or five minutes running that. And, and, you know, you hope you hit some shots on the other end when you're running one of those defenses. And I thought the defense worked exactly what how we wanted it to. You know, Madsen didn't score in the first or the third quarter, um, which, you know, after what he did to us here, that we, we could definitely live with that. He's going to hit some shots. He's too good of a player not to. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't score on the other end when, when the defense was working the way we wanted it to. Jason Jones, New Albany's first-year coach, whose team knocked out Bedford North Lawrence Tuesday night in Game 2 at Seymour, joining us here to start our Wednesday program. Ryland Shrink had 16 points last night. Jordan Treat and Chris Lampkins both tallied 15. Those three guys were really good. Uh, they've had big moments throughout the season on and off for you. There's no question about that. But Braden Brewer, a sophomore, four three-pointers. Three of them came in the third frame of the game and then one big one in the fourth quarter as well. When things weren't going well for the rest of your team, I thought Braden's threes, especially in the third period, helped keep the game close and reasonable. Yeah, I mean, he gave us the the inner Revitalized us a little bit on both ends of the floor and you know, he's, he's a tough, resilient kid. I, you know, he was 0 for 3 in the first half, and at halftime we just told him to keep shooting. He's a, he's a very he's a very good shooter, and he got free in the second half, and he, you know, he just really jump-started us with those shots that he hit. Yeah, big threes by Brewer. Uh, that's a memorable night for a sophomore in the second half to tally four threes, 12 points, and help your team to a victory. I'm sure a night that uh, Braden will not forget. Also, another name that I, I'm not sure I've called on a New Albany broadcast we've done this year was Braxton Mayfield, another sophomore. He's logged some varsity minutes here recently, and he too had a big three later in the game that really helped. Yeah, you know, Braxton's a... You know, he's just gotten better all season long. He was one of our best JV players all season. You know, we just he's a really, really good defender, and so we've used him late in the season here, you know, the Brownstown game and then both Bedford games to, you know, steal some minutes on one of their, their go-to guys. And, um, you know, he just he will do whatever he needs to do, whatever he's asked to do, and just wants to help us win, and he did that in a variety of ways last night. 
Coach, you move on to Friday. Should be a fun night of basketball with Jeffersonville and Floyd Central rivals playing before you in game one or semifinal one. And then you'll retake, or I should say take on again, Jennings County. And that's a rematch from a game at the first of this month, February 1st, a Thursday night game at Jennings County. And your team lost 58-56. It was a crazy finish there on the road at Jennings County. But I've got to believe your team, the opportunity to rematch again with Jennings County, a team that they were right in the game with and then got clipped at the very end. That's got to be a great uh, motivation for them to come in Friday and have a chance to square off with the Panthers again. Yeah, I mean, I think any time you get a chance to to play a team again who you lost so uh, in such a close game to, you know, it should get your juices going. And obviously, if you can't, as a player, if you can't get going in a sectional semifinal in that environment, then you probably need to get your pulse checked anyways. But I think our guys will come out. And, you know, I think the key in those games, sometimes you get a little bit too too much adrenaline and you've got to, you know, stay calm, focus on what the task is at hand and, just make routine basketball plays. I tell our team all the time, the same thing wins every basketball game. You know, toughness, rebounding, defense, sharing the basketball. That's never going to change no matter what the environment or, or what the situation is. And so you got to control those things. Jason Jones, coach of New Albany, in his first year with a major win last night over Bedford North Lawrence, 63-61, and his team advances on to the Friday semifinal round. Coach Jones, great to catch up. Congratulations on the big victory, and we'll be there for the broadcast on Friday night. All right, thanks for the coverage, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Jason Jones with us. And we talked about Coach Jones a little bit on the broadcast last night, you know, as he came out for that game, um, Seymour and Lloyd E. Scott Gymnasium. And he, he told me this before the game last night. There just is nothing like that in the state of Kansas. And he's a guy that's crisscrossed the country and uh, been around to a lot of different environments to coach basketball. But uh, I was really curious last night, I had a chance to chat uh, for a while before we went on the air, even for that first game, what his thoughts were of Seymour and that gym and Indiana high school basketball you read about it you hear about it you know he had been to Washington in the hatchet house where he had some family connections there so I think he knew about the big facilities in Indiana but neat to see a guy come in in his first year and get to experience some of this and have some success with it as well coaching on a very big stage at New Albany that's for sure Uh, looking forward to Friday I don't know what the Floyd Central Jeff game will be like Jeff obviously is a heavy favorite in that game, but you can bet Fonzo White trying to get his team motivated and prepared to see if they can get off to a good start, find a way to battle, keep it close with Jeff, and who know, uh, who knows, maybe find a way to pull off an upset on Friday night. New Albany and Jennings County, I think, uh, much like I thought New Albany and Bedford would be a, a great game, a one-two possession game. I feel the same way about that one on Friday night. It's going to be a lot of fun for sure. Indiana with a big victory last night. I want to talk about that for just a minute before we head to a commercial break. Didn't get a chance to see the game live, obviously, being at Seymour, but Kel Elware was dominant. Unbelievable performance from him. Uh, scored 20 of his uh, 27 points in the first half. He was 11 of 12 from the field. Uh, again, 27 points in 38 minutes for Indiana. He looked like an NBA draft pick to me, and just the highlights in the second half that I watched when I got back from Seymour last night. But he was really good for Indiana. And there have been some other games where he's been really good. Maybe not that good, but Indiana has not won, and it's been because of issues with the guards or defense or other areas of the game. But I thought Indiana's defense, even late in the game, was good. They were able to get some key stops against Wisconsin. And uh, it was a 
great shooting performance as well for Indiana. They were 29 of 47 from the field for just about 62%. They were 6 of 14 uh, from three-point range for 42.9%, so almost 43% there. And then here's an interesting stat. I did not realize this until reading Inside the Hall and their report this morning. Five different players on Indiana's team made a three-pointer last night in the victory. Uh, wasn't it just the last game when McKenzie and Baco had the lone three-pointer of the entire game for Indiana that came within two minutes of the end of the ball game. And uh, But I thought Trey Galloway last night, want to give him a shout-out. He had 12 assists as well. And we'll get a little bit more into this game coming up later. But the fire alarm went off. Uh, we were not sure what was going on. Of course, nearby, reasonably nearby in Seymour, the first thought was, oh, no, maybe there's some weather coming through the area, which was expected later in the night, but nothing that early. I didn't see any weather warnings for Bloomington. And then we see it's the fire alarm that's been pulled. Uh, Coach Guard of Wisconsin, uh, you could tell in his postgame comments he maybe thought it was a momentum killer for the Badgers who were making a run when the alarm went off, and then they actually took their first lead after about a 20-minute pause. But Indiana was quick to respond to that. That was another thing. I was curious once Wisconsin finally uh, got over the hump and took the lead in that game, albeit just two points, could Indiana answer back? Could they respond, or would they slowly fade away, and would Wisconsin go on to create a little space and win the game? Uh, but uh, Indiana able to find a way to dig in and battle when it mattered most. And uh, big stuff, big win for Mike Woodson and for Indiana last night, no question about that. We'll head to a break. We'll come back with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. More on Indiana's win last night. We'll get into the Pacers and other basketball stuff as well. And still ahead, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, as we talk sectionals across the area, all coming up here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Wednesday edition of the show. A couple texts on the Thornton's text line that I do want to get to here, if I can get it pulled up. 502-414 is the number if you'd like to send in your questions or comments. Texter says the new Washington sectional has no team with a winning record. One of those teams are going to be very happy on Saturday evening. I did not realize that, but that is the case. The 1A New Washington sectional, really the only local team in Clark and Floyd County in that sectional is New Washington. Kind of interesting that they have been uh, broken away a few years ago from the Borden grouping of 1A teams, but that is the case. And uh, New Washington uh, may be one of the teams that could win. They won last night and are headed on to the semifinal round of their very own sectional. Also, a texter says New Albany is well coached and a very good team. But if there's a sleeper at Seymour, it's Jennings County. I, I agree. I would put New Albany and Jennings County together as sleepers as you look at the 
the semifinal bracket. Uh, I think regardless who comes out of that game, uh, that bottom game on Friday night, that uh, Jeff could get a challenge if the Red Devils are in the championship game on Sunday. It's a one-off deal. It's uh, win or go home. Uh, both New Albany and Jennings County have shown they can shoot it and get real hot at times, and that can pose a problem for anybody. So I could see either of those teams winning and pulling off a big upset on Sunday night in the championship round. Another texter on IU says Wisconsin had five player in players in double figures and one had nine points. Now that's obviously a, a good effort there. You normally don't see uh, a team lose that has that number of players in double figures and then a, another player so close to double figures as well, but Indiana somehow able to get it done last night. Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star with us in this segment. We'll touch on IU, the Pacers, and more. Dustin, a crazy game, including a fire alarm evacuation last night, but Indiana gets a major win at home when everything had not been going well for the last few weeks, finally, and somehow Indiana gets a big win over a good Wisconsin team. Yeah, no, just really impressed by the effort last night. I think just especially, you know, with all the negativity starting to swirl and everything. And and it really at the end of the day, I mean, they're they're obviously they're they're well past the the possibility that anything they can do in the regular season at that point gets them someplace uh in the postseason. I mean, obviously they're below I think they're with thirteen losses, something like that, but just to hang in there against a team like Wisconsin that's always tough uh, and is a tournament team this year, uh, to be able to hang in and beat those guys. And, and you know, like you said, they might deal with the distraction. That was really weird. Uh, you know, just watching it on TV that they had to clear everybody else out um, and come back and sort of, recon- you know, um, straighten yourself out and, and just manage to play really good, hard possession-by-possession possession basketball uh, the rest of that game. was just really impressed by a lot of guys. Obviously, Kellower was phenomenal uh, in that one, but enough guys just made enough big plays, defensive stops when they really needed to have them. Um, you know, Trey Galloway, 12 assists. I thought they did a really good job of just running the offense, even if he wasn't shooting the ball very well. Uh, really strong top-to-bottom performance by them. And again, they're not, they're not in a great position to start with, but still, you know, just after things just really seem to be spiraling to be able to pull off a win there against a really good team, I think, is is just, just good for the morale at this point. Yeah, definitely. There's a number of good things to talk about, points from last night's game, but I think we should start with Kellel Ware. He had a monster performance, and it's hard to not see him leaving the program and being an NBA draft pick after what he was able to do last night. I think there has been great improvement, and I think that Mike Woodson and his staff are going to continue to use Trace Jackson Davis, Jalen hood Shafino, the improvement, the development of Kellel Ware in their recruiting pitches, as they should, because Ware has taken his sure. game to another level from what he was mm-hmm. as a freshman at Oregon last season. And again, I can't see him not being a draft pick at a reasonably high, I'm talking first round somewhere range uh, for the NBA draft when we get there in June. No, absolutely. I mean, and it's not a great looking draft. Uh, basically, the, the, the general talent evaluation suggests that, you know, this is not a year where it's going to be, you know, super difficult for a guy like where to, to, to crack the first round. Um, and yeah, you just saw him. He, he was just by far the best player on the floor. Uh, it just wasn't even close. And just his, his leaving ability, his length, his just ability to touch around the rim. He was just fantastic, you know, up, up and down. I mean, his hit is one three, hit all four of his free throws, 11 of 12 from the field. I mean, just there was a, a very man among boys quality to it, 11 rebounds, five blocks. I mean, he just had more balance, athleticism, length than anybody else out there, and he utilized it. Uh, and it was, it was just really exceptional. And obviously, 
that's been what Woodson's done well. I mean, I, I think it, if you know, you, you can obviously break down a lot more issues in terms of full roster construction, but he's been able to get top level guys and make them better for the NBA. And so that obviously isn't the entire point of running a college basketball program, but certainly if you're able to get those type of guys and continue turning them into NBA players, that allows you to start with a baseline of top level talent that you build around. He's got to get better at building around things, but basically anybody that's committed to him that's been, you know, again, high level talent. Uh, has seen that pay off. Obviously, Trace Jackson Davis sticking around did. Uh, Jalen Huchifino did. I think Malik Renew has, and certainly I think Kella Ware has, has guys that are at that caliber, uh, have gotten better under Woods and have made themselves better uh, draftable prospects. And you definitely saw Ware at that last night. I mean, 38 minutes, and he was truly all over the place. Just uh, an absolutely fantastic game from him. Dustin, I want to talk a little bit about Trey Galloway, um, you know, with mm. Xavier Johnson out and Gabe Cups being a freshman and maybe not quite ready at times for Big Ten level play. Galloway's basically had to be the point guard for this Indiana team, and uh, he did a great job of that last night. He matched his career high of 12 assists. He only had two turnovers. But the one thing that Trey has consistently struggled with this season is his shooting. He was 0 for 4 from three-point range. He was 3 of 10 from the field. But the number of assists he had, his playmaking abilities last night, made him one of the most important players regardless in Indiana's win. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I think obviously the role he was playing last year um, you know, it was certainly different and set him up to be a better shooter than he has been. I mean, obviously, he didn't shoot particularly well the first two years. He was an okay shooter coming out of Culver, but it, that wasn't necessarily his, uh, you know, calling card's not the word I'm looking for, but just that, that wasn't the number one thing on the scout sheet. That wasn't the reason why you were recruiting him. It was the energy. Uh, it was the ability to create the, the two-way uh, defensive capability, you know, shooting, he was just okay. And obviously his first two years, he wasn't particularly great. But last year he was in a position with Huchifino just really running the point and setting him up. But he was getting a lot of good catch-and-shoot rhythm opportunities. And there hasn't been as much of that this year. He hasn't converted as many of those opportunities. But, uh, like you said, he has stepped up to be the player as much as possible as the player they needed him to be. I mean, you could definitely sense that there's wear and tear on him. Uh, this year that, that I think there's there is definitely some level of fatigue, but he is playing through it and cutting it out and finding a way of creating and just handling uh, the basketball. I mean, he's not he's not a point guard by trade. I mean, you'd rather have him uh, running around and creating opportunity off the ball, you know, by just out cutting people and out hustling people, running, you know, just just away from the basketball. But you know, when he's had to carry it, he has just been smart with it uh, and figured out how to set up his teammates. You saw some really good pick and roll stuff. Really good two man game with him and Ware. Uh, just did a great job of knowing where to put the ball for Kawhi Ware to dominate uh, last night. And that was a big part of the reason why he had 12 assists. But no, he's he has done as much as you could ask from him from a senior for for really steadying the ship with this group. Last night we saw some decent shooting for Indiana. They were 29 of 47 from the field. Again, just about 62 percent and six of 14, 43 percent from three-point range. And probably most impressively, five different Indiana players uh, nailed a three-pointer last night. So if Indiana could just shoot the ball reasonably, Dustin, I think this season in many regards would be a different story. They wouldn't be perfect. They wouldn't be Big Ten champions. They might still be on the brink, at least, of being an NCAA tournament team. But Indiana's shooting has just been unbelievably bad. And last night mm-hmm. it was very, very reasonable. Yeah, no, I mean, I, obviously that's kind of the thing is that what, what, what would you be like? You don't necessarily know that if you extrapolated that out, you know, they were 6 of 14 of last night. You know, would they have been 12 of 28? 
you know, like if, if they took 28 shots, would they have made 12 of them? You know, that's kind of the, the question that's hard to say. Are they, you know, when they have a good night like that, is it because they were relatively low volume and they just took the ones that were, were wide open? Obviously, I think, you know, Anthony Leal, you know, drained one of his. You know, does he, you know, how many would he make until he missed, uh, I guess? And then that's kind of the thing with these guys is that they're just not great high-volume shooters. They don't take a lot of them, and they're sort of better off when they're sort of at low volume and hitting the ones that they take. Um, you know, would, would they, if, if they were taking a lot more of them, would be a bit better off, and I don't know that they would be. And obviously they, they just only have so many guys that you could trust to hit uh, a bunch of them if you were if, if you were taking them at a, at a relatively high volume. You certainly had Ware hit one, Renew hit one, you know, Mbako's two of five, uh, you know, Xavier Johnson's one of two, Lula's one of one. Um, just they've never had one guy they could really trust to take a bunch. You know, Mbako's the closest thing they have to that. Um, and so it just really comes down to they, at the end of the day, they just need to have better guys. You know, they, they just need to have guys that are there for the purpose of shooting and you know, really recruit that, make more of a point uh, to, re- to to look at that and recruiting and, and build that way. And even if you're uh, doing it in the portal, you're going after guys on purpose that are shooters. Certainly Miller Cop was a player like that. Parker Stewart um, is was a player like that, certainly before the Woodson era, getting guys that were, were on the team because they could shoot. Uh, they could use something like that you know, as they continue to build forward, as, as Woodson continues to, continues to try to build forward. Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star, my guest, talking Indiana's big victory over Wisconsin last night. Um, I guess now we have to rethink things. It's amazing. You know, I was ready to say I did say yesterday I, I don't think Indiana was going to win again. I think it's very possible that they finish the season without another victory. But one win, uh, better shooting percentages, watching Kellel Ware be so dominant and Trey Galloway pass out for 12 assists makes you wonder if they can't win a few more games. Could this be the start of something good? It's not going to equal an NCAA tournament appearance, but maybe they could uh, quell some of the concerns that have built up this season. What's your take? now on Indiana moving forward? Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly they can win a couple more of these games in the board. I, mean, I think they obviously can get Maryland, they can get Minnesota, uh, and Michigan State is not in any way you know, unbeatable. Uh, I think Michigan State obviously still has a lot to play for because they're you know, probably on the wrong side of the bubble right now. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if they're out, but they're they're, they're not in the greatest shape. But I mean, as though you, know, you imagine that he's going to have a strong close in him. But it's just anything that you can get out of this season just out of these remaining games makes a difference. I mean, just, just anything to send them on some kind of positive vibes going into the off season. Um, anything just to, to stop freaking the fans out, uh, you know, would be good. Obviously they're still going to be, uh, pretty well disgruntled going into this off season, but just taking a little bit of the pressure off and, you know, not you know, going in the off season where, where it felt like the bottom fell out and they just didn't achieve anything over the last month of the season. Uh, that's certainly not what you want. I, I think, you know, they're obviously going to have to regroup either way, and I, and I think this is going to be a big, uh, I don't presume that, that you know, they're going to make the push to, to get get rid of what's in this offseason. And, you know, he's going to have to, to take a, um, some time to regroup and kind of really look at and reconsider, you know, what's gone wrong here and what he needs to fix. And basically, like, you know, look at the mistakes, look at, you know, look at roster construction, look at what do you really need to play the style of basketball that you want to play uh, and find a way to go get it. And you're obviously in a position where you're going to have to get most of that from the portal. Um, so that's going to be, I think, you just want some level of decent vibes going into that rather than it feeling like everything's already coming down on their heads. Dustin Dopierak, the Indianapolis Star. Real quick, texter on the Thornton's text line says, imagine what this team could do if we had just a couple uh, couple capitalized shooters 
And uh, I agree. I think that will be one of the key t- targets, key goals of Mike Woodson and his staff in the offseason to find some shooters to add to the roster for next season. Dustin, while we have you, I do want to talk about your main deal. That's the Pacers and covering that beat for the Indianapolis Star. Uh, after the All-Star break, we're starting to think ahead to what the playoff picture could look like. Obviously, Tyrese Halliburton has had an unbelievable season so far. I know he didn't have a great game earlier this week against the Raptors uh, in a regular season game, but just a little bit on the Pacers, where things stand as we enter the second half of the season, and is this improved Pacers team going to be a playoff team, you think, when it's all said and done here in the regular season? Yeah, it's it's certainly heading that way. They're in an interesting spot right now, and, and the East is in an interesting spot right now. They are currently, you know, they are they are technically an eighth, uh, but they're a half game back of fifth. So, you know, they're they're an eighth right now. If I look at the schedule correctly, I think if they if they beat New Orleans tonight, they can uh, go to bed in fifth. Uh, so basically, that's sort of how how tightly packed that particular group is. It's them, it's Philadelphia, it's Miami, uh, and Orlando are, are there from five to eight. And so, you know, they're still in a position where they can be anywhere from there. They're only two back of the Knicks at fourth. Uh, so, so that group is pretty close, and a lot of things can still happen there. They've got a pretty good cushion between them and ninth. So even if they find themselves in the playing round, uh, you'd have to feel pretty good at their chances of coming out of there and at least getting uh, into a best-of-seven series. They've got, I think, they've got a five-and-a-half game lead on Chicago for ninth. Uh, they're up, they're six-and-a-half up on Atlanta for tenth, and they are ten-and-a-half up on Brooklyn uh, for the for basically for, for the eleventh spot, which which would be the first team that's completely out of postseason, so they're in pretty safe position uh, to be in the postseason on some level. I think they would really have to see the bottom fall out to fall out of the eighth spot. So even worst case scenario, I think they'll they'll go into the playing round at least advantaged enough to be in a position to get themselves in the best of seven series. Certainly, you want to avoid you know Boston uh, in the first round, especially the way Boston playing the paces have proven they can beat them uh you know in a one-off but you know i don't like them in this best of seven situation the Celtics looked just fantastic last night they won nine of their last ten they, they certainly seem to be the class of the nba right now but i mean cleveland milwaukee you know the knicks miami philadelphia uh these are all teams they've proven they can beat um and so you know they could they any anywhere they go they can be in, in pretty good position uh you know to win i to, it, they're not out of question they could win a series if they're somewhere between uh, you know, five and seven. I think they have a real crack out if they could get in. The issue is they do keep losing the teams that they should beat. Toronto is another one of those teams. Uh, they just dropped on, on Tuesday and they, they have, I'm sorry, on Monday. Uh, and they've got some tough ones coming up. And I think they, they go on the road. Uh, you know, they've got back to back against New Orleans, which is a playoff team. You'll see Cody Zeller in town tonight. That's the really cool thing. Uh, but then they go on the road. They, they'll play, um, New Orleans again. They get San Antonio, which is a win, a game they should win, but they get Dallas. Uh, again, they've beaten Dallas, but still Dallas is an easy game. They come home, they get Minnesota, and they go to Orlando and Oklahoma City. Uh, two playoff teams in Oklahoma City and Minnesota. I think have the best two records in the West right now. So it gets tough over this next next stretch. Uh, you know, they need to find a way to pull out some games against some tough teams and continue to, to you know, hold serve against the teams they should beat. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Dustin, thanks for the chat. Great coverage of the Pacers. Uh, you're the only source I check out when it comes to keeping up with Tyrese Halliburton and crew, and we'll talk with you again next week. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me.
All right, we'll head to a commercial break. As we do, I want to tell you that Trey Singleton of Jeffersonville, he had 19 points to lead the Red Devils last night. And I mentioned Braden Brewer in my conversation with Coach Jones. He had 12 points all in the second half, four three-pointers. He was our uh, Walnut Ridge star of the game for New Albany. Trey Singleton was for Jeff in our high school broadcast on Tuesday night. We always honor a key player for all of our local teams, our victorious local teams. And congratulations to Trey Singleton and Braden Brewer last night uh, for their great performances being named walnut ridge stars of the game we'll head to a commercial break we're back with our final segment a chat with josh cook sports editor of the news and tribune we'll survey all of the sectional results from the area last night next here on the hoosier report with matt dennison We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Wednesday program. Thornton's text line open. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, with me right now in this segment. We're going to take a survey of everything last night related to sectional basketball. And I've talked a lot about Seymour, Josh. We had Coach Jones on a little earlier today. So I want to start our chat uh, regarding the 1A sectional at Borden. Last night, Christian Academy, a 57-33 winner over West Washington. And uh, no surprise in that one. Also no surprise that South Central uh, handled Lanesville 51-32. So I think Borden has some great semifinal matchups, Josh, on Friday night. Yeah, it should be two. Um, like you said, uh, Christian Academy won uh, a one-point loss at West Washington, um, and they just absolutely uh, destroyed the Senators in, in, the, in this game last night to uh, to earn a spot in the semifinals, and then uh, South Central won. So, yeah, I think uh, uh, I think Rock Creek may be – I have a 500 record, but the other other three teams in that sectional semifinal have uh, I have winning records, so it's going to be very interesting. You know, Christian Academy against Rock Creek in the first semifinal, and then uh, Borden against South Central in the second one. That's going to be uh, definitely one to watch on on Friday night. You know, should be ho- hopefully two good games. Um, uh, you know, Christian Academy is uh, is beating Rock Creek by I think eight or nine during the regular season. And in the second game, uh, uh, South Central beat Borden by one point during the regular season. So, you know, hopefully uh, should should be two good games on Friday night there. Josh, moving to the 2A sectional at Southwestern Hanover, I was really surprised to see the score at halftime. Providence, I think, had three uh, free throws heading into the half and had a narrow lead over just a mediocre at best Eastern Pekin team. Providence goes on to win last night 57-40, so they got it going better in the second half. Quinton Hesse, 17 points, no 11-16 for the Pioneers. Uh, Providence with a really favorable draw to get to that championship game. With the win, they'll take on an Austin team that I think has won, what, six, seven games, something like that. So Providence uh, has an opportunity to cruise on 
to the championship game, likely against a really uh, strong team in Brownstown, as we've discussed. But Providence, they, they get it done last night. It's just part of tournament basketball. Sometimes you come out a little slow or a little off, but Providence found a way to tune it up in the second half. And I'd say the Pioneers will go on from here and cruise into Saturday's final. Yeah, I would definitely agree. You know, Providence hadn't played in uh, in ten days heading into last night's game, so you know, you, you figure they they may be a little uh, sluggish or or off, or you know, they they hadn't it, they'd been uh, you know just going up against each other in practice, so you know they they were um, you know maybe a little maybe a little slow starting. Um, and in Eastern, you know, it is improved, uh, and you know, I think they're. Better record might indicate but yeah i definitely think providence will be providence in brownstown on uh, saturday night there in southwestern but, you know josh silvercreek also there last tonight, night but, uh, 63 you know, 40 final score silvercreek a winner over salem silvercreek was led by a handful of players in double figures but dane sprigler with 17 points walker hoffman also with 14 for the dragons uh silver creek gets a nice win to move on to friday and uh, silver creek i think the favorite to play the role of maybe spoiler if anybody's going to have a chance to knock off the host uh, scottsburg team yeah that's another one uh it, it looks like silver creek and, and scottsburg are, are pretty early destined to meet up in that um in that championship game uh, on Saturday night, Silver Creek, uh, you know, those two teams played during the regular season uh, earlier this month, actually. And, and uh, Scottsburg only won by nine, I don't, or excuse me, 10. I don't, it wasn't a very pretty game, I don't think. But, uh, you know, you'll take anything you can get at this point in time. So, you know, if Silver Creek can, can uh, you know, make it a 10-point game this time or, you know, be close, make it close, uh, you know, this time around, anything could happen in tournament time, that's for sure. So, yeah, Silver Creek definitely trying to play uh, play spoiler on, on Saturday night, most likely. Josh, I was looking at scores from across the area in the state last night, and I'm sure I missed a few or un- unaware of a few, but I, were there many major upsets last night? That's always one of the things to do on the way home from Seymour or wherever we're broadcasting. You know, did anybody get knocked off that's just a total surprise? Did you see anything that caught your eye last night, whether it's in our half of the state or even beyond? Yeah, no, not 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 really. I don't – and and I don't keep up with uh, maybe, maybe the Indianapolis sectionals, uh, you know, uh, I didn't really see anything too huge, so you know maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get some on Friday or Saturday night. Uh, you know, hopefully so. Uh, you know, maybe some make some upsets around the state. I don't know. We'll see. You know, obviously there's there's some uh, several strong teams uh, you know out there. So I don't I don't know. Uh, so it'll just play out. Uh, you know, according to. Uh, According to the best records and the best teams in the sectional semifinals and championships, I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I didn't really see any big upsets last night. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. All sorts of great coverage from Josh and his team. You can read it if you're a subscriber at newsandtribune.com slash sports and also in the daily print edition of the paper as well. Josh had an email this morning from Bill Hansen, your publisher. Uh, we're all getting together next week for, I think, a Netsby, uh planning session. That's a great 
end of the high school year awards program that's led by the News and Tribune. It's a first class deal to recognize award winners across sports, all sports, and uh, lots of different people recognized on that evening. So excited to see that get underway and uh, that's always a good recap of the year we got a lot of stuff to happen between now and then but uh, that's how long the planning takes for something big that you guys put together that's right i think it'll be uh 11th year yeah it'll be uh in, i think it's in june uh june june 18th 19th 20th somewhere around there exact date uh, takes me at this point but yeah it'd, it'd be a great time uh you know end of the year like you said awards uh, uh we think the we have one award for the game of the year and i think that's been uh that's been a basketball game uh for for maybe a couple of years i know last week last year excuse me it was the rock creek uh, uh beating board on the last second shot in the sectional final so hopefully we'll have uh We'll have uh, maybe another game of the year from uh, from the basketball tournament game, uh, you know, maybe this weekend or next weekend that will uh, be recognized during the NSB Awards in June. Absolutely. All right, Josh Cook, sports editor, News and Tribune. Josh, thanks for the chat and for your coverage. We'll talk again next week, and I'll, I'm sure I'll see you around at some point this weekend. Yeah, sounds good, Matt. Thanks so much. Have a great one. All right, Josh, always with us Wednesdays on the show. Uh, great stuff uh, from all the sectionals locally last night. You can read if you're a subscriber of the News and Tribune. That's going to wrap things up for our Wednesday program. A reminder, we're back on the Big X Friday for high school basketball coverage. Saturday night as well. Uh, we had to go to a sister station last night because of the IU game, but uh, great to be back on the flagship, as we call it, uh, where so many great high school games have aired over the years. It is so fun to broadcast these big high school postseason games, and I'm looking forward to a couple good ones. Again, Jeff, the big favorite over Floyd Central in that first game we'll do from Seymour, but you never know what can happen. Uh, and then in that second game, I, I think New Albany and Jennings County is going to be an absolutely fantastic game. And if it's Jeff and New Albany, how fun would that be in the sectional championship game on Saturday? But regardless, I do think we have a chance for a good final at Seymour on Saturday. We'll be on the air just before the tip-off, 6 o'clock Friday. If you can't make it to Seymour or you're at another location, make plans to join us uh, streaming or on the radio, however you listen to us. We appreciate you very much. Have a great Wednesday. We'll return on Thursday. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. Steve Kerberg as well on high school basketball. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.